Eat my lucky charms. Get in a red of the eleventh rounders. Welcome to the Battle of the Willamette podcast. We love the Ocho. A lot of you guys are being nine balls. One thing that's great, this is the 10th season. The Diaz! So this is the Battle of the Willamette recap for last week. A lot of crazy stuff happened. I want to talk about a few things before we dive into it. Lowest scoring output for the season. So we are down, the league is down 160 points from week two and nearly 200 points from week one. So first thing to think about. Second thing we're looking at, teams improving point output each week. Some sleepers out there that we knew would eventually get good and one that no one thought would be good. Uh, Products and Tony Triple Threat. So management help or just uh, Jackson doing his thing. We can debate. Um, couple more things here. Teams declining point output this week. No surprise. IP, no controversy surrounding that. Slumlord out of town, not paying attention. Big surprise Electro dropping off. Not uh, not playing Herbert might have hurt him. Those ribs seem to be fine. Um, and a lot of me- mediocre players this week. Just kind of average. We didn't have the Tua. We didn't have that blow up of Hill. Breaking Battle of the Willamette news. Everybody, trading in Slack is going crazy. (laughs) I just want to say, this is not information that I pulled myself. I've been given from our stats department. Analytics was up all night. We're recording on a Wednesday, normally on a Tuesday. We had to abandon recording yesterday because there was too much chatter in Slack. To just highlight it, we had eight trades go down yesterday nine teams were involved and from the 175 slack messages just in trades i feel like there's a lot to talk about there but we're going to narrow it down and i think somebody on this call on this podcast has a few words to say about it somebody want to chime in well i mean i'll jump in here for a second because we have seen something that's unprecedented in this league over the last two days, especially this early on. Most of the time I think about the trades that kind of happen as people are going to make a playoff push and there's a lot of movement at that point, but we're three weeks in and people are offloading draft capital like crazy. Uh, Auctions are happening every other day. I mean, I spent nine hours two days ago trying to get a deal done for Waller with Hawk Attack. And then over the next nine hours, nine deals go down. It was nuts. Number ones and twos are being thrown around like, like they mean nothing. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised, but I'm not. It's just kind of where we've gotten in this league. I love the chatter. It's definitely good. To, I mean, I'm trying to out go and enjoy a, a birthday boy dinner, and I'm <laughs> like. I pull it out to make sure that someone didn't die or there was an emergency in the family. Like, nope, just trade controversy. So very exciting. CJ, you got any, uh, you got two cents to share? It, it was, it was tough. I, I had a wine tasting last night and then we had a dinner thing and I'm just trying to manage the, the trades and st- it was really tough, but 
what I could ask of everybody in the league is just to format your trades properly so I don't have to decode and then rewrite the whole thing would be really helpful. Um, you know, just help, help out the commission whenever you can, and that would be a really good thing to help me out with. Well, the nice thing about it is, is you're only seeing what these, when these trades are submitted to the operations team and when they clean it up, get it in a formatable, a format and pass it off to you. I mean, it's plug and play, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I just, they, they tell me this stuff that some of the formatting is, yeah, like really hard to understand. And then they put wrong years and stuff. And then I have to go back and, you know, people are asking questions. It's, there's a lot. So just, you know, pull it together, people. Not to mention there are people trading people that weren't on their rosters last night. So it can get a little difficult at that point. I don't even know if that's legal. I don't think it should be. And we probably, but I think it was so much going on. It was hard for me to even keep up, let alone, you know, I'm looking at picks and making sure picks are right. That's usually what my main thing is. I assume everyone knows who's on each other's rosters but maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, but picks get tough too when you have that many go through in that amount of time. You're looking over, you're trying to trade with someone who's traded three times that day. You don't know which picks they have. They kind of know what picks they have, but they're just waiting for some updated documents. So a lot of work for the commish. Crazy day yesterday. I know there are some people that are a little more upset than others. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the trades that are speaking of the trades that are going through today, uh, I'm submitting one later. Um, Christian McCaffrey from my team to Hawk Attack for two first rounders uh, in two years. So look for that. LTC will have nothing to say about it, but you know if we're if we're trading people that are on our teams, I'm trying to get some draft capital. So <laughs> good thinking. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, we've had some fun with our shenanigans here. Let's jump into the recap for last week. First game of the week, we're going to talk about. Uh, it's it's rivalry week. It's Nemesis week. So we've got Badonka Bronk versus He Got Me. Um, I feel like this one got personal. CJ, what do you think? Yeah, well, final was 141 to 87 for He Got Me. Um, I think, uh, you know, the IDP, his IDP led the way with 47.5 points. Um, only two of his offensive players made their projections, but double digits throughout. And that's something I, I kind of saw. A lot of, maybe not making your pro projections, but a lot of double digits, so 10 plus points. Um, my bench looked great. Uh, so Badonka Bronx, that bench, solid, 85 points, almost scored more than my team. Um, you know, but that's, it's at least nice to have options potentially in the future. Um, and my team... Madonica Bronx continues to show the low floor that they have. Um, this is also the lowest output for He Got Me uh, since week 12 of 2020. Um, this could be the floor for his team. Uh, and this is without Jonathan Taylor really putting up a whole lot. Like he has yet to really go off. So, you know, his team's looking solid. Well, a rough outing, obviously, for Badonka Bronx. We, we know that his head wasn't totally in it. must have been tied up when he uh, had a kicker that, that went off in his lineup that wasn't playing. But that just shows it happens to the best of them sometimes. Um, and it was just one of those days where all of the meat and potatoes was on the bench. Uh, could have been a possibility to, to upset he got me, but um, opportunity missed. And instead, he secures, I think, by a long shot, uh, the old bag of dicks. Uh, 
So new functionality, the podcast, we're going to go uh, some things coming in on the text line, uh, specifically just for um, Badonk. A lot of people are asking, are you going to hit 100 points this week or is it going to take two more games? We're looking at getting over 100 this week. Okay, uh, You can great. take that to the bank. Good. I will uh, we'll send that back to all six of the texters. Um, so moving into our next matchup, uh, Electrocutioner versus Products. Uh, all right. Heated yeah. battle. CJ, what do you got? Yeah, 167 to 111 for Products. Um, Burrow finally gets out, you know, gets out there with a the big game with 35 points. Hopefully this is the trajectory for him. I know he's expecting this for a while. Um, after those first two outings. Nick Chubb gets the most impressive 17.3 points I've ever seen with the amount of work and just how good he looked on Thursday night. That is crazy. And then Metcalf gets his 17.4. Now, Electro, I, it, it's tough. Tough matchups he's had the last few weeks just for his team. I mean, he, he did roll with wins. I think I probably would have done the same. I would have maybe steered away a little bit from... Um, you know, um, Herbert, but Wentz kills him with, you know, two or three points, not something you want. And once again, with uh, Roquan Smith outing last week, which was pretty huge, IDP for his IDP products leads the way with um, IDP points heading, heading into week four. Yeah, no doubt. I hear you on the Nick Chubb situation, and I've been seeing that as a general theme uh, so far over the last three weeks, the way that we changed the running back position to no longer have that point for first down, we're looking at a scenario where a really solid game from Nick Chubb, where he's, where he's running for 113 yards on 23 carries, um, has a touchdown and, and uh, you know, no catches, but just ends up with 17 points. And on the other side of things, Roquan Smith comes out and does a 27 burger you know, with six tackles, 10 assists. It's just crazy how different that RB position has gotten. And I think this game shows it fully. Uh, I agree with you on Electrocutioner. At one point, I looked at Wentz because I had dropped him kind of early in the week. I thought about streaming him. And I saw he was a, had negative six points or something. And it was like, ooh, that's rough. And Herbert comes out. But, um, you know, this is just a battle in the West. These happen all the time. Uh, this one goes to products and, you know, Electro bounce back. Yeah. Totally. Last question on this team. <clears throat> Sorry. Perfect timing, you guys. Um, is Carson Wentz a reincarnated Matt Ryan? Because I feel like everybody over the last five years picks up Matt Ryan off of waivers because he has one good game. And then you start him three games and he's garbage and you drop him. Is Wentz that guy now? Sounds like it. I didn't think of it like that, but maybe he's the new Matt Ryan. Even with Matt Ryan still around, you can still go pick him up today if you want. Yeah. Break your heart every week. Moving on. Slumlord and somebody that's getting into the end zone a lot these days. Our guy, end zone. CJ? Yeah, 148, 111, end zone keeps it going. It's 3 0 now. Henry Henry broke out for him yes, last week with 25 points, so that was big for him. And DuVernay drops another 20. Um, he had a lot of points out of return yards, so, you know, if you can find a guy that can do that, that's great. Easy gets just 40 points out of Allen and Diggs, which is very unusual. And maybe that's the floor for those guys, um, which is still. 
you know, 30 points ahead of my stack that I have. Uh, Slumlord, Tom Brady just isn't, it's just not happening without these receivers. There's no Gronk on the team at all, but the rest of his receivers are banged up. Um, and he's been under 15 uh, most of the week. And then also um, the running back situation in you know, for Slumlord is not where he would expect that to be with 16 points uh, between the two of them. Uh, Slumlord continues to lead the way in points from the draft. So I expect his keepers to kick in at some point which I think will start to raise his ceiling up again. He just needs that time. And then Endzone is back on top with leading the league in points. And he also leads the league in keeper points and waiver wire points. So he's really working it, um, you know, with the waiver. He loves him some waiver wire. That he does. And 148 points is kind of a beatable number. You're right. I think that's a floor for end zone. So uh, he was, I think, beatable this week. If Slumlord could have put something together, um, you know, to compete with them. But this was the first game when you get your new shiny toy, you probably overpay for it. And Darren Waller comes out and puts up 5.2 points. Got to be frustrating. I think that Slum's going through some of that same frustration with uh, with what he paid for for Debo Samuel. And, and Javante was supposed to be the, you know, the truth this year. I still think there's time for those guys to, uh, to, to prove their value, but uh uh, a win for end zone and uh, yeah, easy, easy for easy yet again. Definitely. Henry is come back to life. So the boys told me he was washed and not worried about yes. it, but he's coming back to life. So moving on three left to talk about in our fourth match of the week. One of our uh, esteemed uh, hosts or uh People in the podcast here, we're looking at Duck Cowboy versus a formidable Tony's triple threat. CJ? Yeah, 168 to 142, and Tony also undefeated um, with a big win. Uh, this was, you know, this was a critical game, I think, for Tony and for Duck Cowboy. But once again, it's Jackson and Andrews putting up 70 points between the two of them. Um, that's pretty huge. Uh, CD Lamb finally did have um, a good game with 22.7. Maybe it's a breakout there. Cooper Cup gets gets his points no matter how he's going to get him. He got it rushing this week. You know, no touchdown passes. Stafford looked re- really rough again. Um, the running back struggle uh, for D.C. with, you know, less than 17 points. Um, and maybe an injury to Swift. So I know there's some problems there. And then Cooks and Hardman produce um, – less than six points for Tony. So Tony is working off for those 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 combo, those big plays. So the rest of his team is still trying to find its way. Um, but Tony leads the league in quarterback and tight end, which usually that's reserved for Irish Puddles. So I'm sure he'll be complaining about that after he hears this. And the 3-0 start is the best in franchise history for Tony. So congratulations to him there. And the ghost of Lamar Jackson continues to haunt Duck Cowboy. <laughs> And Tony Triple Threat continues to haunt the Cowboy. I, I, it's like it happens every year. Um, and, and at this point, you know, just throwing Andrews on there is like a big old cherry, cherry on top for, uh, for the stack to slap around D.C. This is a rough, rough week. And uh, Matt Stafford just isn't getting it done at this point. Um, quarterback play has been, has been uh, less than stellar, to say the least. But uh, there were some, you know, some – 
some things that to get excited about the CD Lamb uh, deal was uh, was nice to see him kind of well drop a touchdown yeah. and then and then and still still salvage the you know the twenty two points but uh, what can I say uh, rough rough goings for Duck Cowboy and uh, and Tony's got my number or I should say Lamar's got my number. Hey, and on, you know, Tony Triple Threat's behalf, I'd like to say uh, glass is always half full. Uh, Miss B is on board, and I love Jennifer Lopez. Moving on, the next game, we're looking at Hawk Attack versus a much-improved hippopotamus that almost pissed it away. (laughs) Yeah, well, 135 to 132, hip-hop, you squeak out with a a win uh, in a very, very tight Type very tough game. So Rogers and Cooper both twenty three point one. That was good. I think that James Robinson almost got you. He was doing everything he could. That was a great show up there. And McLaurin finally showed up for Hawk Attack as well. Uh, the injury to Cook very devastating for Week Three. I think that might have been the difference for him. Um, and so Hawk went ahead and traded him away. And then he also traded away Madison. So those guys are now split up. But what was the difference in this game? It was the IDP. That's mm-hmm. what happened. So, I mean, Bud, they're 47.7 versus Hawk Attacks 23. That was that was the name of the game. That's what made this happen. So, Hawk Attack had Herbert, um, top three bench burger, sitting out there. So, he's going to, you know, he'll probably have something to say about that. Hip Hop, best start since 2018. And this is... Uh, Hawk Attack's first 0 3 start since 2017, which was also his first full season in the league. And this game is a microcosm of why people say F fantasy football. He held on to Aaron Donald for years, and the night <laughs> that he drops Aaron Donald and picks up his boy Hutchinson, he loses this game by two and a half points. Aaron Donald goes off for 15. He got me smiling, and uh, the old zero burger to lose. That's fantasy football in a freaking nutshell. Yeah. I thought over the last two years, um, I had forgotten the stress of a close game because it was usually, a you know, usually by Thursday evening, I was out and there was no coming back. And so I could just, you know, sleep nice through the week. Like the second half of Monday night, I said, I, I, Kittle's going to get a touchdown. I'm going to lose. So I don't let's see what the dragons are doing on game of Thrones, put it out of my head. See if the Valerians can sleep with a cousin or something, get my mind off of it. Um, Yeah. But Kittle, they, I think that injury to the linemen for San Francisco forced Kittle to have to do more blocking, just stealing from whatever they were saying on the TV, but Boy, that was that was stressful. Also, to stick the uh, the salt in the wound of Montgomery going down and Hawk not starting his backup, and then getting the getting the burger on the bench. Oh, like any other any other matchup, that wouldn't even be a thing. But that, yeah, very excited to get the win. Super stressed. Moving on to our last game in the recap: Irish puddles versus the double horns of gore. I know this is a big game. Let's talk about it. 
Yeah, 145 to 140. Gore squeaks out a win. Uh, and this is, look, Hertz is clearly his MVP. Um, and Hertz has looked tremendous. His 42.6 uh, wins the week for the matchup. That's what it, it was all Hertz. Hertz won this won this for him. Um, and he's the, he's the highest scoring player on Gore for over 40 and the third in scoring um, over 35 per game. So he's looking pretty good. IB, IP, his running back keepers are just not, they're just not there yet, right? And I think it has to do, Herbert is impacting Austin Eckler with the ribs. And I think Baker Mayfield is proving to be less than what, we all thought he was years ago. I think he can't hide from that anymore. So that's a real problem for um, McCaffrey. Um, both teams had had decent weeks. I mean, it just really came down to um, Hertz having that huge game. And I think that's the, that's the only thing you can look at this and be like, Hertz's burger won the game for him. And this is Gore's first 3-0 start since 2018. And this is the first ever 0-3 start for Irish Puddles. Is it time to panic, guys? Well, I would think so. Um, this is this team continues to underachieve, and I don't know. It it is it's shocking in some areas, like the wide receivers, like to see that Jefferson's floor can be four points. Like that's pretty shocking after the big games that he has. But you know, I still think there's some delusion with the Eckler McCaffrey kind of guys. I mean, they're supposed to be so good. I mean, I don't know if you guys have heard this, but they're ranked pretty high. And wait, can you say that again? Well, the rankings, I don't, the rankings, the Bible, the Bible rankings, they Uh, are, they're very high for those guys. And he has a very highly ranked team. Um, But I don't know if it's management or just unlucky uh, for the luck of the Irish, but uh, oh, and three. And uh, I think he, he, uh, he went into a trading frenzy yesterday. He's going to try and right this ship. He's spending $44 on backup quarterbacks that he doesn't need. I mean, I, I, he's all out of sorts. So he, he's, he's, he's claiming that he's still got a good handle on this thing. We will find out. But, uh, you know, most deserving is proving to be most deserving. God dang it, Gore and Jalen Hurts. But uh, good job at 3-0. and And uh, on the other side of it, good job at 0-3. Irish puddles. Yeah, I think if uh, if Hertz continues to dominate like this, the uh, the show might get sponsored by the I once had Hertz T-shirt <laughs> that the three of us could start wearing to the next meetings and really thinking that the that the upside was not there and passing him off as a a a, a chip a throwaway chip in multiple trades. For other people, and I'm I'm guessing he got wind of it and has said "f you guys." So he's uh, I like that guy. Wish he was still on my squad, but I, you know, whatever. Um, last thing we want to talk about before we look at the game of the week for next week or for this week, um, we're uh, we're testing out a segment. We want to talk. There's a lot of activity. Uh, let's talk about fun with Fab. <laughs> anybody want to, uh, anyone, anybody want to address any, uh, things that we've, uh, that maybe someone was acquired last week for a higher than expected value that, that did or didn't, uh, produce what they thought they were going to. Oh, like hypothetically, sure. like, like, let's just say, 
Sure. Let's say hypothetically, like there is a rookie wide receiver out there that happened to play for the Jets that maybe went for a little bit more than people thought he might. I don't yeah. know. What was the dollar amount, CJ? I think what product spent 16 and a half fab bucks for every point he got out of um, Wilson last <laughs> week. So not terrible, I guess, if that's what you're into. Yeah. But if you aggregate that over the whole season, I mean, it's, it's going to get better. Eventually. <laughs> eventually the dollar amount will go down. Yeah. Per point. Yeah. yeah. You hope. Nice. So coming out of the trades and coming out of the next week, we will be highlighting some of the, uh, some of the wins and losses in the, uh, the fabs, the trades, the, the drops and the pickups. So uh, be on the lookout to be, uh, to be highlighted. Let's, uh, let's look at the game of the week this week. CJ, who you got? Well, game of the week. I know we just had, you know, we had, we had some interesting matchups last week, but Gore versus triple threat. One of these guys is going to be 4-0 and could, I mean, and that is huge in the West to win because this is the first five games are all division games. So one of these guys can, if they can get out at the worst, 4-1, and one, um, that's pretty good coming out of the West. That's that's something you can really, I mean, you're, you're in the playoffs almost for sure, but, you know, and if – so I'm going Gore and Triple Threat. It's going to be a good game. I'm excited for it. Well, I think it has to be the game of the, the week. And, uh, you know, just a, a quick look forward at these two quarterback matchups. You know, that Buffalo defense that Lamar is facing uh, is a tough, tough defense, both run defense and pass defense. And so could just, uh, you know, both these quarterbacks are, are off to kind of early MVP status uh, for both these teams. Uh, so to pin those two quarterbacks against each other, it could be uh, which QB has the better day um, for one of these guys yep. to go on and win. Yeah. And uh, Madam B rubbed the crystal ball and she said, Tony triple threats got it all the way. So that's what I'm going with. She oh. read the tea leaves. Uh, this is wrapping up the uh, recap. You guys got anything else you want to touch on before we uh, head out for the day? It's our, uh, it's our third one of these recaps and we got ourselves back to our, our usual selves a little long-winded. So we'll, uh, we'll keep it shorter next time. We're, we're yeah, and it's happening in the middle of the day, which is throwing us off our game just a little bit. So apologize for that. The content is worth it. For you that stuck to the end, there's no prize, but <laughs> you're a completist nonetheless. And Duck Cowboy is out of town all next week. So maybe, uh, Perhaps a guest podcast uh, recap breaker downer. Maybe, maybe. Stay tuned. Tease that. I'm looking forward to it. All right. For uh, the Battle of the Willamette Weekly Podcast and the 10th season, the Zain and the Diaz. <laughs> we will see you guys next week. See ya. Bye.